Burt takes the snap, fires, caught, touchdown! A touchdown back right of the end zone for Emir Smith-Marset. The first touchdown of his career, and the Minnesota Vikings have taken a 16-3 lead. Well, it is the most wonderful time of the year and the most important day of the week. Happy Christmas Eve and welcome to Vikings Vantage presented by Pepsi. My name is Gabe Henderson from the Vikings Entertainment Network alongside Tatum Everett. And we hope everyone's holiday is off to a great start. We got a loaded show for you guys tonight and helping us get you caught up with everything you need to know from inside the TCO Performance Center. This week is ESPN's Kevin Seifert, and he's covered the Vikings for over two decades, so I'm sure all of you guys have heard him. But before we get there, um, Tatum, earlier this week, you you brought up your New Orleans Christmas tradition where you put Santa on the back of a truck and he drove down the street. Santa was on a trailer pulled by reindeer, pulled by a truck, (laughs) pickup truck. Yeah, that's how we do it. But, you know, the funny thing is one of our producers here, Candace Anderson, she said her grandma did the same thing. So maybe it's something that is is more popular than I thought. So explain that. So is the the sled on wheels or is it just on the hatchback? It's on a tractor trailer. You know what I'm talking about. It's just like sitting on there and (laughs) and Santa would just come down the street playing music and you'd get all excited. You'd yell through the house, Santa's coming. You all run outside and he had gifts for you. That I is, don't know. You know, it's Santa. So he had gifts for every single kid. I've, I've never heard of a story like that. But yeah, that is, that is cool. very, very cool to hear. But what does the holiday season look like for you this year, your first time in Minnesota? Well, we've got a lot of football to talk about and think yeah. about and prepare for. And yeah. honestly, that's that's part of the, you know, being in sports broadcasting or anything. You do tend to work during the holidays, which is fine. My family is very used to it. So yeah. they came in town last weekend and. So this year, it's just going to be a low-key holiday. And then your birthday yeah. uh, on game day. I think game day is way more important than my birthday. <laughs> but the fact that we do have a game, on I think this is the first time I've, I've ever had to work a game on my birthday. Really? So, yeah, I've never never had to experience that. But more importantly is if we win. What it a makes, present. It, exactly. And you got the Rams coming in that if they win, they clinch a playoff berth. So we kind of got to play spoiler and kind of got to keep our season alive in the same breath. And Minnesota has led this series 27 to 17 and with two ties in the past uh, 36 matchups. So this will be another game. Minnesota lost the last matchup, but has won five out of the last six. So this this will be a, an interesting game. So Vikings fans, make sure you tune in to that. You can listen to that right here on the Vikings radio network, KFAN 100.3. Paul Allen, Ben Lieber, Greg Coleman, Pete Burses, they'll all be on that call. The pregame show starts at 10 a.m., so make sure you tune into that also. So, uh, Tatum, I was looking it up this week, and Mike Zimmer is 5-8 and eight versus Matt Stafford. We know he's the quarterback of the L.A. Rams, was the quarterback for the Detroit Lions for his entire career up until this year, and we kind of know what he brings to the table, but the fact that he's on a better team, that does raise some questions. Can we still beat this guy on a better team that he is than he was when he was in Detroit? That's going to be the big question because Vikings yeah. defense allows a lot of passing yards. They allow touchdown passes. I mean, the thing is, they know Stafford, but they don't know Stafford in this offense. Right. And as excited as I am, like I think that matchup could play in our favor because mm-hmm. I think the defense is also playing really good up front right now. And if you rattle Stafford, I think that's going to pay off in the long run. Yeah. But again, you have a guy like Cooper Cup in the slot ready for the quick release. And that that just makes me a little nervous. Yeah. What he does 
it, it just doesn't make sense to me because I'm like, he's not the fastest, he's not the strongest, not the biggest, but he still finds ways to make plays. So that's not what I like about this matchup. <laughs> what I like about this matchup is our run defenses versus their run O. Of course, Sony Michelle has rushed for an average of 97 yards in his past three games. But more importantly, we got Michael Pierce and Dalvin Tomlinson, two guys that are coming off of huge weeks against the Chicago Bears. And I, I'm, I'm betting my – I like my chances betting on those two guys versus um, this this Rams run O. But th- that's pretty simple in, in my perspective. I say you, they're going to throw the ball. They throw the ball 60% of the time. So if we stop the run and make them one-dimensional, mm-hmm. then that, that – puts the game in their hands to say, okay, well, we're just going to beat you throwing the ball. Like you said before, we're not really good at our past defense, but it's a challenge. And I feel like all these guys are going to be ready for the challenge, stepping up for the challenge. And what more, what better way to do it than at home versus your fans? What's one thing you like about this matchup? I am so excited to watch this Jalen Ramsey, Justin Mm. Jefferson matchup. I spoke to Justin this week. He's our game day live interview. If you were listening to the Minnesota Vikings podcast this week. I said Harrison Smith. We called an audible to it's all good. use a use a quote from your show, Gabe, and and we uh, are have Justin Jefferson as our guest this week, and he was talking about how he has been looking forward to this the entire mm-hmm. season, and and as a player, he has a ton of respect for Jalen Ramsey, and you know we've talked about this record all week. He's twenty one yards away. He broke Randy Moss's record in front of Randy. He could break OBJ's record in front of OBJ. He. He just says it's a story that you really couldn't write better. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to say it's a no-brainer that he'll get 21 yards, but it's you know it, it's pretty darn close. And and obviously we want him to get a lot more than that. Yeah. But he will be up against Ramsey, who is one of the best cornerbacks in the league, and I think it's just going to be really cool to watch them duel. Yeah, for sure. And you got. I remember JJ said early in the year this was the one game that he had circled on the calendar mm-hmm. because you know you're playing the best in the NFL and like JJ who's a guy that he's going to get their number one receiver he's going to get their number one DB why not get the number one DB or number one cornerback in the NFL in Jalen Ramsey so it'll be interesting to see how how we scheme some plays up to see how we can not get Jalen Ramsey on JJ or make the most out of those opportunities when they are one-on-one. I think Adam Thielen being yeah, back. Yeah, I was just going to say, when game, Adam Thielen's back, that should really help it out. It opens up the entire offense mm-hmm. because now you got to respect two guys on our, on our offensive side of the ball at receiver. So that that is the probably number one matchup to watch for a lot of people. So great point there. Um, a matchup that, I, that I'm watching this week is Mike Zimmer. How does he prepare to play a Sean McVay? He spoke to the media talking about this L.A. Rams offense and their defense and what the preparations will look like this week. Got a really tough opponent, outstanding defense, lots of weapons on offense. Um, you know, we need to go out and play uh, our best game of the year against this team in, the, uh, in all three phases. So we're excited to get out there and get going. Hey, Mike, we saw the news this morning with Mason Cole pulling on IR. What happened with that injury and what did you think of his seven starts that he gave you? I thought he did a nice job. Uh, you know, he's uh, he just got an elbow, hyperextended elbow, so just but it's a three-week injury. And then would you would you expect Ole to move back in there, and, and what's his comfort level with just jumping back in? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see who we line up in there. Mike, just wanted to get your thoughts on not having Dalvin Cook on Sunday, and does it you know at least help? You've had Alexander Madison put up some solid out previously this year when Cook's been out? Yeah, obviously when, when Dalvin's not playing, it's a, <clears throat> it's a big uh, 
changed for us because uh, he's so explosive, such a good team leader, and I think he missed three games earlier this year. So, um, you know, it happens. So we just got to go out and go play good. We expect uh, Maddie to go out and have a have a good day. Hey, Mike, uh, obviously a lot of talk about Aaron Donald this week, but what do you see from the two guys on the edge in uh, Leonard Floyd and Von Miller? All three of those guys are big-time pass rushers. Uh, you know, Leonard Floyd is uh, – improved so much from when like his first year at the Bears just the way he can rush and run and uh, the different things they do him obviously Von Miller um, you know is a terrific player as well and and you know Donald has been you know defensive player of the year so um, you know they've got an all-star team over there you know Ramsey and you know all the guys that they have so you know we're gonna have to do a great job offensively. Hey Mike we um, was that practice today didn't see Andre Patterson out there is, is he doing all right? Uh, he has COVID. Is he doing okay? His health wise? Um, he's struggling a little bit. He's struggling a little bit, so we're trying to get him get him uh, some medicine to help him. And then, just as, as far as football related, moving forward for Sunday without him, how do you shuffle around with one of without one of your top assistants? Yeah, it's uh, it's difficult. Um, Amar J is going to handle the uh, the substitutions with the defensive line and and some of the game calls. So. Um, you know, but uh, we're going to miss him. You know, he's a terrific friend of mine and great, great coach. And uh, so hopefully our def defensive line plays, plays their rear ends off for him. Getting Pearson Tomlinson back in the middle and that really being the backbone with uh, what you've had to do with Sheldon and, and, and DJ and how those guys are playing off of each other now. Yeah, I think they've done a nice job. Um, you know, obviously it helps to get, get all those guys back in there, uh, you know, with Dalvin and Michael. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, moving Sheldon out to end is, uh, you know, has added some some strength at that spot. And then, you know, DJ, uh, you know, he just continu continues to try to improve with his uh, athleticism. Um, you know, he runs real hard to the ball, um, you know, so hopefully we can keep that going. Patrick Peterson was talking about, you know, he's played in the league 10 years. He's only made playoffs twice, three playoff games, and just the leadership role that he's taking and telling players you know the importance of these final three games i mean just talk about what you feel you're getting from uh pat pete kind of as a leader and how he can uh help you guys and some of the younger players especially down the stretch here well i, I love pat uh you know he comes out here to work he's a true professional um you know he helps with the guidance and a lot of these guys especially in the, in the back end but uh you know he's he's been a, a great uh great leader for us and and uh he is so professional in his job and things that he does it's it's been really good to have yeah mike just to clarify with andre is he hospitalized uh no no okay. he's not no good all right thank merry you merry christmas to you. merry christmas for the full injury report, head on over to Vikings.com. And Tatum, before we go to break, there's been a pattern of wins this season. Two two losses, two wins, two losses. Now we got two wins. We gotta get three. You gotta break you gotta break the pattern with a win. It's the first winning record since 2019, mm -hmm. which just feels so crazy. This pattern is is alarming because you look <laughs> at the next two games, which if you continue the pattern would be two losses, and that's not something nah. you can afford to do right now. And I think, you know, uh, our guest later on, Kevin Seifert, talks mm. a little bit more in depth about the bigger playoff picture. And his insight is, is awesome, as always. Yeah. But every week is a must win. And this is this is absolutely no different. Playoff picture on the line. You, you got to win every game from here on out, if not two of the three. Well, when we get back from the break, we will hear from ESPN's Kevin Seifert. So don't turn the dial. We'll be right back with more of Vikings Vantage.
Hey, Vikings fans, this football season, make Pepsi your go-to game day drink because it's the only drink for football watching. Pepsi, that's what I like. Hey, Vikings fans, right now you can pick up a commemorative Vikings cup at your local Hy-Vee. Fill it with an ice cold Pepsi and you'll be ready for football watching. All right, welcome back to Vikings Vantage presented by Pepsi. Gabe Henderson here alongside Tatum Everett and our guest of the night, ESPN's Kevin Seifert. Kevin, um, you've covered the Vikings for over two decades now, and this is in, <laughs> this has been a, a, a season to say the least. Um, Dalvin explained it as um, frustrating, fun, exciting, and, and every other word in between. Your thoughts just on this season after just covering this team for so long? Yeah, I, I mean, they've had a lot of uh, uh, pretty crazy and wild seasons, but I don't think they've ever had one, at least in my time watching and observing and covering them where the sort of the variance of what the outcomes of the season could be were so wide. Had all those close games gone their way, we'd be talking about home field advantage. Um, and had all of them gone uh, the other way, we'd be talking about, you know, where in the top 10 are they going to be picking in the draft? And, you know, whether it's just math or, or what, we've wound up somewhere in the middle. Uh, usually by the time you get to this point in the year, you have a pretty good idea of, what it's going to look like when you get to the other side and look back at it. And this year, uh, really every, every scenario has been touched in one way or the other. Do you see this team being able to make a run in these last three games? You know, the Rams are going to be on a short week and they're traveling. She wasn't there last year where the Vikings went to Lambeau and won. So yep. it's not like, uh, there's no institutional memory of, of a Vikings team going to Lambeau and winning a game that people didn't think they would have a great chance to win. And then, you know, the Bears after that. And so I, I look at when you look at it in totality, you say, though, that's that's two pretty tough games in a row. Um, but on the other hand, when you look at them one by one, there's some there's some positives to uh, to, to hang on to. And knowing that they've been in almost you know pretty much every game, many people would argue that the whole difference between the great teams and the good teams and the bad teams in the NFL are usually just often a handful of plays. I do agree that it's a tough schedule. It's not what you would like to see. It's sort of a uh, unintended penalty of, of not being able to close out more of the games that they did have the advantage in early this year. But they also know that, you know, it's, as maybe you guys have talked about this, but as far as I can see, if they win those three games, they're 100% locked yeah. into a playoff spot. They don't, they don't need to uh, get help from anybody. And so that's also something that they can carry with them. So um, it, it, it'll be tough, but it's doable. I mean, this is the second straight game where the Vikings are hosting a team coming off a short week. So how, how much of a benefit is that for the Vikings? Just just trying to make this late playoff push. I can tell you the teams themselves think it's a huge advantage and they they uh, very much consider it a, uh, a a disadvantage when they get the schedule and it comes out and they see that, uh, you know, one of their, say, division competitors has only, say, three games against a team that uh, will have extra rest, whereas they have more. And so, if I'm the Rams. I'm thinking, like, you know, in terms of in terms of conditioning and that sort of thing. I'm a little behind. And also, don't forget, they've had that huge COVID surge, and they're getting guys back, but uh, those guys missed a lot of practice. And um, you know, they're, they're just because you test negative and you're back in doesn't mean you're necessarily fully physically 100. percent So there's a lot taken into account there as well. What is the blueprint you could say to taking this Rams team down on Sunday when you look at their season in totality it's been pretty up and down and their offense has been vulnerable to defenses that have been able to to make big plays against them 
whether it's getting an interior pass rush on Matthew Stafford and making him make some unfortunate throws. He did that. He's done that a couple times, throwing the ball away or try to just as he's getting stacked and, uh, you know, he'll throw an interception to a defensive lineman or something like that. And we've seen that more than a few times. You know, we've seen their defense, uh, you know, which is can be very good, also, uh, you know, be vulnerable to physical offenses in the running game and that sort of thing, as good as Aaron Donald and his crew are. So it's it's there for the taking um, in terms – at least there's a blueprint out there that they showed earlier in the year, and I, and I really think it's going to be incumbent on the Vikings' defense to make some big early plays against them. And you could say that's a good formula against any team, any time, but um, given that the Rams have sort of – in their psychologically probably feel like they've got some things figured out if they could come out and make a couple big plays early as say Tennessee did. If you remember that uh, Sunday night game that they had against them in the middle of the season and just sort of put them in that big deficit, I believe the 49ers did the same thing. And, uh, and then you're talking. And so I think like to the extent that there's a formula for beating them, I think jumping on them early with some big defensive plays would be a good place to start. We know this Vikings team is the third most penalized team in the league. The Rams, they're the fourth least penalized team in the league. And John Hussey, who is on the call this week, throws the third least amount of flags during a game. So it, it only makes sense. Whoever has the least amount of penalties will win this game. And you're yourself being a, I'm, I'm not going to, maybe I'm terming this wrong, but a rules rube, a guy who, <laughs> <laughs> who, who follows the rules? I'll take that better because normally they say I'm a rules nerd. So I'll take rules <laughs> any day. Yeah. Like it, after seeing just how this season has played out, not only for the Vikings, do, do you see any rules that will get revisited this off season? I think the big thing that everybody is looking at is, you know, as you know, this year they they're sort of testing out this uh, video assist rule where the guy, the replay official upstairs is able to chime in right away. And if it's an ob- if there's an obvious mistake that you can see on the video, change the call right away. And mm. people in New York can do that too without a challenge. And they've been using that pretty expansively from what I understand. And, and maybe sometimes more than in the, in the parameters that it was intended. And so there's a lot of people that lo- are looking at that and saying, well, if you're going to go that far, why not just go ahead and fully have a sky judge, yeah. you know, an actual official upstairs, who has the power to throw a flag, who can just call down and say, hey, that, that should have been pass interference, you know. So that's something for sure to, to keep your eye on. Personally, do you think that helps or hurts the game? Both. You know, it, unfortunately, it, w- it would be both. Like, like it would, I think, remove some of the frustration that people have when you're sitting at home watching a game and you see something that's blatantly obvious. But it also raises the expectation that all calls are going to be right and they're never going to get to perfection. You're never going to have a 100% perfectly called game, especially when so many of the rules are subjective as it is. Uh, the people who are against the sky judge say, say all you're really doing is adding one more layer layer of human judgment. You know, it, all of us could say that play at the end of the Rams Seahawks game the other night mm-hmm. should have been pass interference, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of plays that are one or two rungs below that where it's not like hundred drunks in a bar would all agree. It's 100 drunks in a bar would argue about it. Some would be right and some would be wrong. And then if you're having a sky judge weighing in on that, you're just having another layer of judgment. So that's the part that I think people would struggle with, that you wouldn't be making it perfect. You might make it better. You might raise expectations to the point where there is still going to be a lot of angst. But I still think that as the TV productions get better and better and the calls are 
more clear on, on TV and slow motion and HD. And the league has an obligation to sort of match that technology and, and give the officials at, le- at least a matching set of technology to have a fighting chance. I think they have an obligation to keep trying to find new ways to, uh, to officiate the game fairly and credibly um, and make sure that when people are watching the game that they have a reasonable understanding that this is being done fairly and without favoritism especially as uh, as sports gambling continues to get more popular and more legal, I guess, is the better way to put it. Kevin, are you working on anything else right now that Vikings fans can tune into between now and kickoff at noon on Sunday? Uh, well, I'll just be, I'll be continuing to update our playoff standings um, and our playoff scenarios. You know, the Vikings do not have a clinch, obviously, this week. The Rams w- would have a clinch if they win this game. But the, the key thing for Vikings fans to remember, as you know, is win these three games and they're in. Oh, that's, Sounds that's, simple, right? Yeah, easier said than done. <laughs> yeah, just win three games. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> We've done it before, so we should be able to do it again, right? There you go. Yeah. Well, ESPN's Kevin Seifert, um, we also we always appreciate you joining us. Thank you for your your insight. Uh, looking forward to to watching you live tweet this game on Sunday. It, it was fun watching you live tweet it on Monday. Just just your <laughs> intimate reaction. So uh, make sure you guys follow him on Twitter at Seifert ESPN. Seifert ESPN. Sounds good. Thank yeah. you, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. Okay, thank you, too. Yep, see ya. All right, always great talking to Kevin Seifert. Um, Tatum, before we get out of here, got to get your final thoughts. As we've talked about for weeks, this team plays up to its competition or down to its competition, mm-hmm. whether that's a blessing or a curse. That just seems to be who this team is. A huge advantage not having to go back out to the West Coast mm-hmm. or, or a coast yeah. for what feels like the umpteenth hundred time this season. I think a start like what happened in against Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh would yeah. be so key. If our guys don't get up for it, do do we really deserve to to be talking about postseason? So I I know for a fact Mike Zimmer will have those guys ready, but it's just a fact that I mean you got the L.A. Rams. In well, town. what stinks about the whole thing is they're playing for so much too. Yeah. Um, but you know that's that's the game. That's what you yeah. signed up for. Well, so. this, this is what I'm hoping. This is my scenario, and we'll close it out with this. I'm, I'm hoping we beat the Rams on Sunday. Then the Cardinals went out, and then we get that seventh seed, and then we play the Cardinals first round in Arizona. I think that is best-case scenario for every Vikings fan going forward. But it starts with the win on Sunday. So, Vikings fans, hopefully we will hear you cheering for your favorite team, the Purple. In the meantime, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays, and so on and so forth. We will talk to you guys next week right here on Vikings Vantage presented by Pepsi. Pepsi, that's what I like.